1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Relationship Theory. I am your co host, Tom Billieux, and I'm here with the amazing woman that I just spent the weekend with, oh. Lisa Billieux. Hey, what hey, is up, homegirl? How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we had a great weekend. We
1: did have a nice weekend.
0: Nothing really special, I think, but just like hanging out.
1: If by special you mean different, <laughs> no, but time with you is always special. <laughs> yeah. Really, though, I had a really nice time.
0: Yeah, me too. And I that's it, because we've got the 4th of July kind of coming up. It feels somewhat um, like, I don't know, even though we only had two days for the weekend, it felt like it's kind of... <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> you don't know where I I'm going know, with that I, I kind of do, but... Um, I don't know, because
0: like today feels like Friday.
1: Really? Yeah. It doesn't feel like Friday. It feels a little weird, because obviously half the team is taking the extended weekend, but it doesn't feel like Friday to me at hmm. all. And especially because we're about to go away for our anniversary, I feel like I gotta hit it hard today.
0: Yeah, no, I hear I Gotta you. make magic happen. Um, and today also, I'm wearing a very special top. There it is. Because we finally have gone live on our site, Impact Theory, where you can Push buy merch. Push that merch, honey. Yeah, I'm trying to like, which camera? Right, let's go, cut to this camera. Do do love this shirt
1: exactly. Do or do not. There yeah. is no try. Yeah, <laughs> yes. buddy.
0: So we had a really fun photo shoot um, last week with all the girls here at Impact Theory. We yes. All kind of put on our, our tanks and your wares. Oh, is yeah. So nice. love it. So yeah, mm. go over to Impact Theory. Um, for, not forward slash store. <laughs> no, you want to
1: go to shop. Shop. Yes. Getting the getting the okay from our man Chase. Shop. Dot dot com.
0: All right, so let's kick it off. Yeah. This question came in from YouTube from Nick Simo. Tom and Lisa, being single and planning to go into the me- military, I often find myself longing to connect to a significant other to fulfill this space in my heart before I leave to serve. It is often difficult to think that I may never get the opportunity to be in another relationship while I serve due to time commitment. And the inherent danger of my job, potentially dying, could prevent the opportunity from arising again. I've been having a hard time coping with the idea of never finding the one to love and hold dear. It is a sacrifice I'm willing to make in order to protect people like you and Lisa who make the world a better place. But at moments, it is hard to come to terms with or at least be okay with the potential circumstances. Any advice would be welcomed. You guys are amazing.
1: So that question hit me like a ton of bricks because of the framing, obviously. So I want to address that first and foremost. Um, Thank you for your service. That is something that's very meaningful to me. My wife will attest. I will stop veterans if I see them um, on the street and and just express my gratitude. That's something that um, I just don't take for granted. So that's huge. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Saying that we make the world a better place when you're out Literally fighting for this country is, is a bit crazy. That's um, misplaced in my opinion. So thank you. Um, yeah. Now to your question. It couldn't be more dangerous to try to like rapidly fill that void in your heart before you go off to serve. Um, I think that long distance relationships, despite that they can sometimes work, Um, are virtually always a bad idea. Um, Never having been through it, I feel like I can't really address that specific side of it, but I will say go check out Jocko Willink's thoughts um, on the idea. I think he's got some pretty profound insights into what you have to do to your mind while you're there serving in order to... be the best teammate that you can be to all the people that are there um, fighting alongside you. So I highly encourage you to go um, hear his thoughts on that. It just I think that's really really important. Now, having said all of that, um, I I have to address the optimism thing, like him putting in quotes, like "Hey, um, time commitments are huge, and I could die. It's very dangerous." Going into this, you've got to be 100% focused on the fact that you are going to live. Optimism makes such a big difference. And I'm reading this book right now called Barking Up the Wrong Tree, and it's talking about what makes people successful. And literally, one of the things that it points out, and this is so important, is the notion that people who are optimistic have like infinitely higher chance of succeeding because they put themselves in that headspace and talks about Mm -hmm. how optimism is not genetic. And if you're putting yourself in a position where you're worried that you might fail to quote Kobe Bryant, if you're afraid of failure, you're probably going to fail. Like you just begin to gravitate towards that. You absolutely have to put that out of your mind. Now I recognize I'm not answering his question yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But I think that that's really critically important. So um, focus on optimism, go over there knowing that you're absolutely going to smash it, that you're going to do exactly what you need to do, that you're going to rise to the occasion every fucking time. And if it all goes wrong and all of your, I mean, they say you rise to the level of your training, right? Or you sink to the level of your training. I can't remember what it is. Assuming that you've trained your absolute ass off to go over there and be effective, let failure be a total fucking surprise. A total surprise. Let it come out of absolutely nowhere. Like, if you end up getting injured, killed, whatever, like, it should be the most shocking thing to you because you've put all of your time and energy into winning, winning, winning. I feel very strongly about this. I so, can tell. you get what you focus on. So, focus on that. Now, while you're over there, I totally get it. Back to your question. Not having somebody in your life is a very lonely thing. You don't want to miss out on that opportunity. I fully recognize that. But I remember when you and I were at the beginning of our relationship and it was very... I knew that I had two choices. I could totally just switch that part of my mind off when you were gone and I could just be here in the moment doing exactly what I needed to do, totally focus on my life, and it would be way easier to deal with your absence. Or I could allow myself to like, focus on it, obsess on it, keep that love alive and all of that. I chose to do that, to focus on the relationship, to obsess over your absence, to really feel that. And I think that's one of the reasons that it worked. If you don't have a current relationship, which you don't, to seek one out Mm -hmm. and know that you're going to have to do that, Mm -hmm. that you're going to have to be over there for God knows how long and to make the relationship work, you would need to obsess over the absence. You would need to feel that burning desire to have them back, to keep that flame alive, because I actually think that is the only strategy if you're in a long distance relationship to make it work. And I think that that would be absolutely torturous. Now, if you're in a relationship, it is what it is, and you're going to have to do that. But to seek it out, knowing that you're just going to have to put yourself through that to make it work, or the other person is going to feel somewhat forgotten, and quite frankly, they will dim in your memory if you shut them off. It's just, it is what it is. It is not an ideal scenario. I get it to be lonely, but I think that the only thing that might be worse is having to obsess over it, which will make the loneliness like 10x. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, in thinking about this question, like, I would find it really hard, and that's going back to your thing. Like, If you're not currently in a relationship, I think it would be so much more difficult to get in one and still kind of do what he's doing, right? Go out there and fight for the, his country and um, put his life at risk. Because for me, like, I have such strict rules in my mind. You are my number one. So anything else that comes after that, any decisions I have to make, anything I have to do, I always go back to, okay, well, you're number one, so how does this, um, what decision can I make here based on the fact that you're my number one? Now, if I was going to war... um, if you're my number one, God, I would find it really hard to put me in myself in harm's way because I know that if, God forbid, something happened to me, I know what it would do to you. Sure. So, or even like with this business, right, if, when decisions have to come up, at the end of the day, I'd burn this business down um, before I ever put my relationship with you on, um, you know, at risk. So I find it really easy to judge behavior and um, actions because of that. If you're at war, like if you were going to war, for instance, I I couldn't help but not be selfish and I'd say to you, like, don't get in harm's way. Don't like run when you can if someone's coming after you, which is the worst advice, right? For someone at war to do like you're going there to protect your country. And I'd be giving you the exact opposite advice. Like, if you see someone with a gun, run the other way. Like if there's a bomb, like don't go and save people, because I would just want you for myself. And I would find difficulty in giving you advice and then again just like what do you then do when you're at war like you've you're going there to focus on saving the country and here I am at home the person that you love dearly is you know crying or whatever in despair because she's worried about losing you um now if though for him his getting into a relationship is so meaningful and he so wants that then I think he almost would should maybe decide whether the army's right for him
1: I think it's probably too late for that. Like, know, If he's being yeah, deployed, like that, yeah. that's already been made, and my answers very much come from that perspective. Yeah. Um, again, I need to reiterate, we are not qualified to answer for that sure. part of it. Go see Jocko Willing's thoughts on this. I think they're just incredible. Um, and without detailing what they are, because I think it should come from him, I fully buy into his notion. Yeah. Um,
0: and I guess I'm trying to also approach it from just maybe you're not at war, right? But maybe you're in yeah, a situation so you where you abs- have something that's super... Yeah, go ahead.
1: If you want to abstract it to something else, then I think that there's um, a whole nother discussion to be had when what what do you do when the stakes are at their absolute highest and values collide, Mm. right? So, for instance, I think, like, do you know Jocko's thoughts on this?
0: Not specifically, I don't know. Like basically, he
1: he didn't put photos of his family up. And while he was over there, he wasn't. And God, this is so dangerous. I'm putting words in his mouth. Here's what it felt like to me hearing it. It felt like to me he shut that side of his life off. Right. Go listen to him say it directly. But it felt like he shut that side of his life off while he was there. He wasn't a family man. He was there to do his duty. He was completely. Uh, the, these are my words. A war machine. Like he was there to win. Mm. And I don't think there's any other way. Like you may have tucked in the recesses of your mind. And so this is how I think of, because I really feel compelled to abstract this. Um, If somebody were to break in and your life was threatened, for sure, the motive behind it is I want to keep you safe. But I am so prepared to die in that scenario, again, letting death be a total surprise because I I am going to win in that scenario. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm going to be victorious. My mind is totally obsessing on how I win against all the odds. Like, what do you do when you're surrounded by 200 enemy soldiers and you're all by yourself? Kill them all. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the only answer. And I so buy into that notion. Like, you kill them all. So tucked away in the recesses of my mind is, at the end of the day, I'm doing this for you to keep you safe and all that. But in that moment, I am just obsessing over my identity, the values, like the things that drive me. I have a value system. I cannot allow myself to back down. I can't. And because of that, because hey, that's who you've chosen to marry, like uh, like I'm so committed to that in that moment, like nothing else matters. And the value system comes into play and I'm going to act in accordance with my values. And I believe in that scenario for a minute you wouldn't recognize me. Like, I would be animalistic. And, like, I've just had to create that space in my brain, so beauty and rage. Like, there's no beauty in that moment. There's only, like, someone is trying to do you harm. My value system kicks in. I will destroy them. Like, there's nothing else that exists. And it's ugly and it's full of hate. But you, like, to me... It's, and and I, I'm belaboring this point because it's fascinating to me because in that moment it's about values. It's, it's not even necessarily about you anymore. Yeah. It's like that's in the back of my hmm. mind. But I'm not like in that moment, I can't allow myself to think of you. I've got to be like full, full blown, like not thinking about failure, not thinking about loss, pain, death, what it'll be like for you if I lose nothing. Like in that moment, you've got to be in the zone and the zone in that moment is death and destruction.
0: Do you think that that kind of goes back to the Bruce Lee, don't think kick, just kick? Like you've trained yourself so much to that. If in this situation, blind rage is what I need to do to go to accomplish like that goal, right? Like to kill everybody in this instance.
1: This is getting weird really fast, Um, but I will say that (laughs) that's a minor part of it. So it's good that I've rehearsed it for sure, and it's not blind rage. I need to be very clear about that. It's very controlled, precise rage. Um, But this is more about like how do you tap into those reserves? Like how do you get into the Goggins reps? Like how are you mentally prepared to deal with um, the dump of adrenaline? Right. So in that moment, it's. It's gotta be like you've gotta get to the point where you can de-escalate your emotions, as Jocko Willing talks about, you've gotta be able to, to, to detach. Like you can't get caught up in that racing of the heart, the blood moving away from the prefrontal cortex. Like you've gotta be able to stay focused, in flow, like the the level of um, you know, that moment has really gotta snap you into it. And somebody like do you remember that that um singer Emmy? Sure. Do you really? Yeah. Okay, so. She, she
0: liked quest bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah. First
1: so first she thing. hit me up on Twitter on like Thursday or Friday, super randomly, and was yeah. like, I hope you're in town this weekend. I just nominated you for Torgus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I literally glanced at it, but it was something like, um, they try to put you in a real life scenario where you you are, I mean, obviously you know that you're not actually fighting for your life, but where you're through a scenario where you're fighting for your life, like as close as they can get you. I don't know how they do it or what, but I was looking at it and I actually put it down like as something I need to really look at because that could be fast to actually practice that.
0: And I kind of want to bring meaningful. this around for people who have kind of been listening like, why are they talking about it? Or they came in right
1: like now and they're like, what
0: is But happening? like, I think... To be able to bring value to people who want to learn about relationships mean you have spoken a lot about that if someone was to break in. And in fact, just like a couple of days ago, we were talking about the Fran Drescher incident. Mm. Um, If you want to explain what happened...
1: Wow, serve that one over to me, huh? Well, I
0: mean, I can I just don't know the exact details, but I guess she, um, before she was famous, um, yeah. she was married, and somebody broke into her house. Or a few people, a couple of guys, broke into her house a, yeah, um, and um, sexually abused her. While um, I guess tied her husband tied her up, husband up you know, and her husband, I don't know if they made her watch it, think, or. Um, but basically, they sexually abused her while he was there, and. Um, I guess he felt helpless, he couldn't fight back, and they left, and Fran and her husband, I guess, were still married for a while, they're now divorced. Um, But we've spoken about that, right? in situations like that, what would we do and how would we handle it? And we've had to be very honest with each other about that. Because from the woman perspective... It would be, like, I so think of you as my protector, right? We've had the discussions of what our positions are in the relationship. Um, I work out a lot, so I think, oh, I'm a pretty tough girl. Like, I could probably hand myself somewhat, but I don't fool myself into believing I can take on a bunch of, you know, six-foot dudes. Like, right. I get that physically I just can't. Now, I may scratch and scream and kick and I would do everything possible, but there's limits that I definitely have. And so even within that, even though you have limits, I would still turn to you as my protector. And I would want to, like when you cuddle me, I feel safe. Mm -hmm. And that feeling safe, kind of if somebody was to attack, I would look at you and be like, protect me. Now, what if you couldn't? What if you struggled and sat, not necessarily sat back, but what if you struggled and they pinned you down and there was nothing that you could necessarily physically do? After that, that would be tough for me. Again, like, not putting any cloak on the real truth here. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to feel safe with you, even though it's not your fault, oh my God. Like, I don't know, would I encourage you to go to the gym and work harder and give up the business and all you do is um, train, 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 and train with a gun so that, God forbid, something, like, then I would feel safe? Like, no, but I don't know if I would feel safe God and it's terrible and we've had this talk and you've obviously explained from your perspective but it's horrible to say that to my husband right like man if you can't protect me then I don't know if I can feel safe with you
1: uh, yeah and again now we've crossed over into the. we've never been in that situation right. so no idea sure. all I can do is tell you how I prepare myself now on this side thankfully of that kind of scenario So I have zero judgment for anybody that's been on the other side. Oh my God, of
0: course. Yeah. uh,
1: May I never understand. Right. So yeah, everybody just does their best at the end of the day. But to me, the question is much more about what are you doing to your identity now to turn you into the person that you want to be, to know how you're going to try and handle that situation. and, And then, you know, I mean, the results are what the results are. And you'll know whether you left it all on the field and... You know, because look, at the end of the day, I'll be completely honest with you. If I knew I did everything in my power and I still failed, like there are just scenarios. I get like, there's nothing you could do. Um, if I did everything in my power and I still failed, then to me there there is another side of that. There's only if I at that moment, like I would judge myself, not other people, because I have a lot more compassion and empathy for other people than I do for myself. Um, if I didn't give it my all, if I was weak, if I backed off, if I was if I because I would undoubtedly be scared, but if I let that determine my actions, then we've got a problem.
0: So what would you do to overcome that?
1: What do you mean, if, if I left it all in the field or if I were weak in that moment?
0: Um so let's say you left it all in the field yeah. and you still don't succeed.
1: Yeah.
0: As a man who prides himself on learning from his failures, what would you then do?
1: I mean, it really, really depends on what happened. Like, that's so specific. Let's ask the harder question. Okay. What would I expect of you in that scenario? So we go through that. I did everything I could. It was, a, it was just an unbelievable effort on my part. It was like some Jordan-level shit, <laughs> but I still lose. Yeah. Then what do I expect of you on the other side?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it would be at least from my perspective, like we'd need to communicate. We'd have to have that raw, honest discussion about where we both stand. And then what do we do next, right? If it's um, okay, I need to get stronger physically or, you know, need to protect the house more and get even more security. But like seeing the steps of how we can overcome that. And I think we'd immediately go to therapy. I mean...
1: There, now you're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because I would expect you to avail yourself of everything, including psychedelic drugs, to get past the trauma, which would be a Herculean task in and right. of itself. But, um, yeah. We'll stop there because this is really getting esoteric and bizarre. Okay. <laughs> but um, it, it is, like, fascinating to me. I spend an inordinate amount of time thinking of things like this. All right, next one. We had more great questions.
0: Oh, we've got some live questions coming in now. All right, so let's go to the live ones. Um, This question is from Yusuf Ali Siddiqui. I'm sure I, I... Yusuf is always on here, and I'm sure I always butcher your name, so I apologize. Hey, Tom and Lisa, my girlfriend seems to think that communicating about the little things is just complicating stuff unnecessarily. She is of the opinion that talking about the bad stuff gives it life and makes it a bigger problem than it actually is. How can I convince her that communication about the little things is actually important? This is further complicated by the fact that we're in a long-distance relationship and we aren't able to see each other for months. Ooh.
1: danger 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 will robinson like that is um that's crazy town to me i'm just going to be like nice what and offensive to think that there's anything that you shouldn't be talking about now having said that like i don't know yusuf like if if the always talking about issues and all of that like if if that's just like your MO and you're always talking about it, like I can see how that'd be so draining, but you absolutely have to, like getting down into the weeds is how you're going to make a relationship work, hundred percent. Like the, You don't even have a shot at long term like real connectedness and real happiness if you don't talk about all that, define terms, get into the nitty gritty of how things make you feel, rules of engagement, like all of that stuff all the like huge conversation about how you actually prepare yourself for success over the long run, how you grow together, how you open the lines of communication about what's working, what's not working. I mean like everything, everything, everything. So if she's pushing back against that for no reason, like and these things are so hard to answer in the abstract. That's crazy. Mm. Um, in the nitty gritty weeds, there may be like something else going on. And like, mm. so then addressing that becomes sort of irrelevant. So I would really need to understand like what's really going on here. Mm. Is it like, that's her way of coping? Like we're apart so much. Like I, I don't even care about that stuff. I just like to- literally switch off mm. my mind to that. I just, when we're, connecting like we've got to like it's got to be fun and upbeat and it's got to remind me of all the amazing things and And then he's like, but until I can talk about those things, like I can't move past them. And so like the little thing becomes like that grain of sand in the oyster and it becomes a pearl over time. And like, I need to fucking talk about it. And now we've just got like different strategies. And so we've got to talk about the strategies and we've got to really ask, like, are we compatible? We've got to do ocean, right? Openness, conscientiousness, uh, extroversion, agreeableness, and... Something beginning Neurotic. with Neurotic. It. Oh, wow. But it's neuroticness, maybe. Um, so going through those, like, okay, now we understand how each other communicate. Like,
0: You said that really quickly, but I don't know if I've ever heard you say ocean before. You have. Can you repeat it again?
1: I can. And it comes from your girl.
0: Ah. Oh. Vanessa
1: Van Edwards. Yeah, I love her. Coming up soon on Impact Theory. So repeat
0: that again, then.
1: So basically, it's the only, according to Vanessa Van Edwards, it's the only personality test. I don't know what to call it. Um, That's backed by science. So DISC, um, Myers-Briggs, like they're all interesting. This is me sort of channeling her. They're all interesting, but maybe aren't as um, backed by science anyway as ocean. And ocean breaks down openness. Mm -hmm. So are you open to new things, to change, to all of that, which I'm uber high in openness. Um, C is conscientiousness which I don't like the use of that word. I think it's off in my opinion, uh, because to me, what conscientiousness means, like, do you think about other people, uh, mm. which I would say I'm very high on that scale, but I'm insanely low in the way that they describe it, which is like, um, do you like to do lists, check things off the list, keep things neat, um, all of that, all of which like, absolutely not. I'm psychotically low on that. Um, O-C-E, extroversion, I'm an ambivert to introverted. You're the same, but you probably lean a little more extroverted than I do. I don't know how to deal with the fact that how much you like to dance and dance in front of other people. I I never know what to make of that. Um, I dance of, by
0: myself as well, though. Yes. I dance every morning when I'm working out.
1: But how much do you like to dance at a club?
0: Oh, I love it. Like, but I think in general.
1: For hours? Yeah, I'm just saying that as an action,
0: though, I love hours dancing. hours even in
1: comfortable shoes, I find myself compelled to sit because I can't take it. Anymore.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying the act of dancing, I really do enjoy. Like, it's in. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I dance by myself in the gym in between sets.
1: 100%. Would you rather dance at a club or by yourself?
0: I get fulfillment out of both in different ways because I can practice moves by myself. May God
1: strike you dead if you lie. Oh, stop uh, it! <laughs> uh, the A is agreeableness. I'm high, you're low. So, like, I like to find like the um, the shared thing. I like to find a way to compromise and make sure that everybody is like on the same page and happy and moving forward. You have a, a set of um, principles. And if somebody violates principle, nothing else matters. Like, that's it. You're, you just have no problem uh, with that. And then, and I've
0: been working on that though, don't you think? On not being stubborn in my thoughts.
1: On your, you have worked amazingly well on being, um, like, finding that path. I don't think it changes how you feel internally, is my gut instinct.
0: Yeah, I'm not there yet. I don't even know how to do that at this point. But I know that when so I you- feel that stubbornness under principle, like I'll be like, okay, I know that I'm I know that I'm being stubborn right now. So even if I believe it, it doesn't serve me. So why doesn't it serve me? What am I actually going to accomplish? So I go through the thought process yeah. so that I can make more of a um, like I guess just a smarter choice, so that I'm not just um, leaning on my stubbornness of you know what my beliefs are, and my kind of analyze it was before I never used to. It was like no, I feel like this, and this is how it's going to be. Um, but I think it's really important to. Um, Make sure that even if you're feeling a certain way, you can work through it with what you're telling yourself and the process that you use. And I've really been doing that a lot lately. No question. I'm a bit sad that you don't recognize
1: No, no, no. A hundred percent I recognize that for sure. I'm just talking about like, where are you by nature?
0: Sure. But I think that by nature, we're all one way. But I think that um, people, especially in this community, work to not be always just like by nature. It's working through things, getting better, improving, and not just saying, well, I'm like that so... That's how it is.
1: Yes. Totally with you. A hundred percent. Here's my agreeableness coming in, but I'll push a little and say the point of identifying where you are in this is to find out like, what are your natural impulses? What are you like? The fact that you have to go through that process mm-hmm. is important for me to understand. Mm-hmm. It's important for you to understand. I don't go through that process. I am by nature. I am looking for how do we, so how do we get along? So when I push back and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like now it's, me having to go through the reverse process that you have to go through. So I have to force myself to push back because I feel it's important to add value to -hmm. the people watching. Whereas the reverse is true for you. You have the line in the sand sort of perpetually there and you have to go through the other process to be more strategic about, okay, I'm not going to push back, which is important for me to know about you is important for you to know about me. So I'll give you a, for instance, Um, Early on in our relationship, people would do things that to me seem like a minor slight and I understand how when you get angry about something, your brain then justifies, wow, it must have really been a big deal. So you escalate and it just gets crazy and out of control. You can get in a bad mood for a long time. So knowing that psychological principle, like if somebody cut in line, eh, like unless I'm in a rush, like I'm not going to freak out about it. For you, it triggered like that whole you're not protecting me thing. Like it really became like a big issue. So it was like, whoa. Because I'd
0: want you to say something to them. Like tell them they just cut in line. We've just been waiting for 30 minutes.
1: For sure. Now, if I didn't understand that you're low in agreeableness, that like (laughs) that's a thing for you. And so anyway, it was some the kind of thing that we had to talk through to really understand. So that's why I say, while you're amazing and I fully recognize you, I hope that you don't hear anything other. You've worked so hard to be more strategic in your decisions, but ocean is about like understanding where the other person starts. Right. And isn't it that
0: interesting up. that I actually became a little defensive just now because I was like, look, I've re- you know I don't want on it. Because you're low and agreeableness. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Right. But like literally, because um, I think people get pigeonholed, right? Like you think of somebody in a certain way and then even when they're trying to get out, like when people remind you of that, the way they used to be like it feels like they keep pigeonholing you it's like when you're trying desperately to get out of that and you get proud of it now look when you've got a bucket of like let's say fifty thousand times that you've been um you know stubborn or put your heels in and then on this side you've only got 20 times um i get why people still see you as like this way the problem is when you're desperately trying to change at least for me, I already have made that switch in my head that I'm the person now that can come out of it and not be stubborn and not put her heels in, even though the other side outweighs it. Because I have to tell myself that, right? I'm like this now, I'm like this now, I'm like this now, as an encouragement to um, make sure that I don't get trapped. Mm. And so when you said that, I was like, but no, I've really like, actually, yeah, I felt like I I needed your recognition in knowing that No, I
1: think that's fair. And you and I have talked about that, like acknowledging the other person and saying... One, being honest, I in this case, I have, but there have been other times where it's like, I actually haven't noticed yet.
0: Right, yeah. And
1: it takes time. And so when you're the one that's made the behavior change and the other person hasn't noticed, to not get pissed off and go, well, then what what am I doing this for? Like, if you don't even notice. Right, um, right. And recognizing that, okay, this takes time to change your reputation and that it's worth it. And so I'm willing to you know, be this way for as long as I need to be until the other person really does internalize and that's important because I think a lot of people throw up their hands and like, you know, they try for a day and it's like the other person didn't notice and so it's like, you know, why am I bothering?
0: But then also I um, don't find shame in telling you like, hey, did you notice that I just did that? And normally I wouldn't. And then B, tell you what I need from that. So like, hey, I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't, you'd be like, oh, actually I didn't. I'd be like, look, I really need encouragement here because like... I need to keep going. But if I don't get encouragement from you, like I may forget or I may not see it as important. So I've done this act and now I need you to give me the, the credit that I feel like I'm looking for to be able to then keep going. And we're very honest with each other about that. And I don't feel like it's kind of gloating we're like look at look at what i've done um i just think we have that support system with each other where i can say that to you feel proud of it and then ask you what i need to help me down that path and i think that's really important because if i'm just like like you said right looking like did he notice did he notice? And then just waiting. And then if you didn't, because for whatever reason of what you're going through in your life, you're busy. You're working on your own skills and improvement, and so you may not say anything. I don't want to be then just throwing my hands out of like, oh, he said that this bothers him, and I'm doing something about it, and now he doesn't seem to care. Like that's not fair on you either.
1: So yeah, that's such a powerful point. Like telling the other person what you need. Like in response, so not even just telling me that you've made that change, but telling me what you're looking for from me, giving me the keys to the kingdom so that I can reciprocate in a way that you're actually going to hear, which is critical. And then it also puts it on my radar to really pay attention to that she's making this change and let it become internalized. And I think that's all really important. We haven't said N yet. Oh, sorry. N is neuroticism, neuroticness, whatever the actual word is there. um, You're exceedingly high on that, and I'm exceedingly low. Um, So, and the problem with some of these words, and Vanessa Van Edwards is very good about saying, look, Mm -hmm. don't get hung up on the word. Um, So, neurotic isn't bad, like it's obviously got connotations in the sort of world at large, um, but the way that they're using it isn't bad. So um, I'll say that it's neuroticness is sort of um, imagining all the ways that something could go wrong in a thoughtful manner. Uh, So this, like when we travel, this is where it really is. I am so grateful that you're a high neurotic and because you're thinking of, like, you're pre-thinking it. And I remember when, like, for the first 10 years of our marriage, it it was like a magic trick to me. Like, I did not understand how, like, I'll give people, so let me finish that thought. I did not understand how you could think through all the things that we would need before we'd go on the trip. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I've shown up so many times when I'm packing for myself without, like, socks. Like, I'll only have brought white socks, and I need black socks, to now where before I leave for a business trip, I will sit and start at my feet. Do I have shoes? <laughs> yes. Do I have socks? Yes. Do I have pants? Work yes. Do I have a belt? Yes. Do I have a shirt? Yes. Do I have the right, stuff for right. my hair? But you still yes. Forget things. Like, yes, but even I even have to do that and I still forget right. things. So, that's just like the way my mind works. Because I'm I'm um, a low neurotic and I'm low conscientiousness. So I don't think through stuff like that. I'm not worried about mess. Like, I'm not worried about last minute stuff. I'm not worried about showing up and going, oh, I guess I need underwear. I'll go to the store. Like, none of that bothers me. And then on top of that, like, I don't think through all the stuff. So A, I'm not worried about something going wrong. And B, I don't think through all the things that could go wrong. Right. So...
0: But I think that's so important to know about your, other, your partner and what they're like because... I could interpret that. Let's say it's my birthday, right? And you don't think about getting a birthday card, right? That's just your personality. You don't do that on any occasion, no matter how important something might be, whether it's business or personal, whether it's going on vacation, you forget underwear, right? Like you you think that's kind of important, but your brain just doesn't work like that. Um, it seems kind of funny and silly when it's like underwear on your trip, but it doesn't feel like that from a female perspective when it's you forgot my birthday card. Right. And so I think for me and you, a big important thing is understanding what the other person is like and understanding whether they're like that or not. Because then it's not personal. It's not like, okay, you don't love me or you don't care that it's my birthday. It's That's your personality. It doesn't matter how important something was. Um, you just don't work like that. So understanding that and then overcoming those things I think are really important right so if I know you're the sort of person that will forget getting me a birthday card I'll either get your phone and put an alarm in it or I'll tell you hey babe put in your phone that you need to buy me a birthday card you should probably do it the day before because on the day I'm going to want to wake up and you know me when I wake up I like you know the first time I see you I want you to hand over the birthday card Mm -hmm. like oh." Go through all those things versus you're thinking, oh, on on the day, like oh my god, I didn't get her a
1: birthday. Because in fairness, run I run to the store, you come back, on the day.
0: you would on the day, finally. But right?
1: then I'd be like, oh man, should have gotten her a birthday card.
0: But in as an interpretation, when someone's not like that at all and they think of everything in advance. Um, it can be perceived in a very different manner. And I think it's really important, especially in a relationship or even friendship, right? I think it's just really important to make sure that you recognize what that other person's like. And then, mm. you know, um, I think it can really save a lot of arguments and feeling like you're not important because if we first met and you didn't buy me a birthday I would maybe feel like, oh, maybe I'm not as special as I thought, you right. know, I was to him. But really, it's just you.
1: Word so there it is. All right, mic drop. Mic drop.
0: All right, so we've got plenty more questions. Thank you guys for submitting. Get after it. I know. Um, all right, let's go to got a couple of shout outs. Bring grow in Minneapolis. What's up? Um, Terry Swansonin from Worth, Texas.
1: Worth, yeah, or Fort Worth.
0: It says Fort Worth. I assume it means Fort, Fort Worth. Fort yeah. Worth. Um, Mitzi Besant from Central Alabama.
1: Nice Alabama. Nice. So I don't remember Alabama before. Respect. We've got to map these, Chase. Let's map these. Oh, that's these. a great I wanna, idea. I want to hit like all 50 states. We should I wanna do like, see like a IT pin. Yeah. Let's um, do that. Starting right now.
0: All right. My man. So next question. Yeah. From Francisco Vergara. Hi. How do you overcome a scarcity mindset which may manifest in your choice of relationships, e.g. when someone settles for unsatisfying relationships because they feel they may not be able to find better options?
1: Man, I'm the wrong person to ask this question to I
0: know, because you're very just like, don't do it.
1: Yeah. In what world? In what world do you want to be in a relationship that you don't love? Every- in what world?
0: So here's what I think. Mm-hmm. There are certain situations where being alone um, can manifest itself into just depression in every aspect of your life. False.
1: I think it can. False. No,
0: I think it can. I don't Uh, think you can, you don't have to let it happen. There
1: you go. Okay.
0: But it can. So let's just address the fact that it can first.
1: You can hit yourself in the hand with a hammer, <laughs> but like that isn't a default state.
0: Okay. But let's say you find yourself in it. You had a fixed mindset okay. and now you find yourself in that situation. Awesome. Right? Yeah. So um, you find yourself in that situation where being alone is so like it's... You're
1: allowing being alone to trigger a neurological state that you... Like it took months and months and months and you did nothing to stop it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going.
0: So yes, mm-hmm. so you're now really deeply alone, and you find comfort in somebody. And again, I'm just making up this scenario because this doesn't have... Like, you
1: briefly find comfort then, in someone, and then sure. they become a splinter in your mind, eroding you, chipping away at your self-esteem and your ass- will to live. Keep going.
0: But you're, <laughs> but you're assuming that it's a bad relationship. What is just a relationship where like... Wait, wait, no, wait, read no, bear read with, the question bear again.
1: With, like they're saying, they're set up for an unsatisfactory relationship. Right.
0: So bear with me for a second. You're in a relationship that it's comfortable. Okay.
1: Bear with Would me. Would you say that it's satisfying? No. But so it's, it's still unsatisfying. But bear with
0: me for a second, please. Because if you're in a unsatisfying in certain areas, sure. Right. Maybe you're not super. Like you haven't got that energized sexual attraction attraction to them. Maybe you have.
1: Ask a question. Yes. You sure? I put my hand up. Yes. On balance, is it satisfying or unsatisfying? I need to understand. But that.
0: that's the thing. Satisfying. There's different areas in my. 100. On so balance.
1: Satisfying? On balance. Like in total, taken in total, right? not broken down. Because like I'm lets... fully with you. Right. But on in totality, is it satisfying or unsatisfying? Yeah, but
0: I can't answer that question yet. So bear with me, because you're in a relationship. You get along really well with them right? Like they're good, they're your good friend. And you turn to, <laughs> you turn to them for advice and you find comfort knowing that they're there because let's say they're really in love with you, unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Cause we've spoken about that, right? In relationships where it's unbalanced in how one person feels to the other. So you're in a relationship, you're, um, you're feeling comfortable, but you're not satisfied. Sure. You're unbalanced in that regard of a complete partner, But you know, being alone is so depressing that you may be in those moments, see comfort in, well, I'm not in love with him, but he really loves me and he's there to support me. So as an overall, in a overall relationship of 100%, yes, you're not there. But you know, deep down, you have to get out of that relationship to get there. I don't know, it's it's really tough because there's safety to that. Now, I'm not saying I would stay there. But you have to acknowledge what that person would be going through, right? Like utter loneliness or mediocre satisfaction. <laughs> and go.
1: <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. But how do you
0: break out of that? Because you find Here's the somewhat thing, comfort. And in I it.
1: know you don't want to answer this, but if the relationship is on balance, satisfying, great, you've won. If on balance, the relationship is dissatisfying, what the fuck are you doing? And people have got to hold themselves to a higher standard. It's fucking crazy. Like, you have one life to live. Do the work. Go internally. Fix what is broken. Like, if you can't be alone, you have a problem. So, I will just say... I think
0: that's it. People don't can't be alone. Yes.
1: But, like, you wanted me to work through, like, all the fucking calculus of that. Like, the, the answer is so simple. If you're not happy, you have a problem. There's not a problem in your relationships. There's not a problem with your family. There's not a problem with your job. There's a problem with you. Like, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Go inward. Figure it out. So we just watched the show Genius about Albert Einstein. And at some point, I'll just assume for a minute that it's an accurate portrayal. I have no idea. But just, it is a human condition that I could understand. At some point, he's having a relationship with a Russian woman who at least is portrayed in the show is uh, probably a Russian spy. And he basically says, you know, for somebody my age who looks the way that I look, it's very hard to find companionship. And so he was very fine with believing that she both loved him and was a spy. And I thought, cool, respect. I get it. Like on balance, he's satisfied. It's not perfect, fully understand, but he's getting more value out of the relationship than he would otherwise. So I fully respect so you that. You say
0: it should be just purely by the balance of it. Yeah.
1: Like is it is it worth all but then the sacrifices is that not settling? That, Are we are you trying to define now have a perfect relationship versus an imperfect one? No. Then if that's your definition, I think getting to a per, in fact, a perfect relationship doesn't exist. Um, yeah, a perfect relationship doesn't exist, period. So settling to me is like, I'm unhappy, but I don't want to be alone. Like that's when people say they've settled. That's what I hear. I'm unhappy, but I don't want to be alone. That's crazy town to me. That's somebody who hasn't done the work of being okay, being by yourself. Like that's step one. In fact, I've never thought of this before, but my gut instinct is the reason that people find love when they stop looking for love is they stop looking for love because they were finally just like, I'm going to get okay being by myself. I'm going to find things that I'm into. And already that in and of itself is such an aphrodisiac for other people. And because you're just, you're, you're calm. I won't even say you're confident. Like there's just an ease about people who have found a way to be okay being by themselves. So when did I find you? When I was A hundred percent. Like, I'm never getting married. Like, I don't need that in my life. I am very fine with the life that I'm living. I'm super ambitious. I'm working towards it, all that. So, in, in that sense, there was, like, room for you. I wasn't, like, fighting myself. I didn't have some weird internal battle. I wasn't afraid to be alone. I didn't, like... I wasn't a sucking wound. Like, you didn't come into that and, like, feel like there was this vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum. So, literally, when somebody feels like they have a vacuum inside themselves and the other person comes there's like this sucking that draws you in you feel like you're caught in a tractor beam no one wants to get pulled into something like that so do the work don't be a vacuum <laughs> you literally have to stabilize yourself like so
0: you'd say first of all ba- check your balance let's say you're in a relationship that you're unhappy with
1: mm-hmm.
0: how do you get out of that check your balance maybe
1: Baby, we have to break up that's how you get out of it <laughs>
0: But you've got to recognize that it's not that easy, so...
1: All right, give, then paint me a real scenario, and I'll tell you exactly what that person should do. Mm-hmm. Make it hard. They've been married for 25 years. Okay. They have three kids. Okay. Neither of them can support two households on their own. Okay. So if you break up, what do you do? It'd be panic central.
0: And right? you really... Right? It's nice yeah. and hard. Okay, that. And then add on top of that, you really like your partner, so they haven't done anything wrong, right? Like they haven't um, cheated on you. You're or, now
1: making it easier. I thought you meant to really well, dig ha- the
0: really? you Really? It's easier done if done someone's wrong. done something. This some- is easy. Wow. If you've done something wrong, it's easy for me to walk away. It's easy away. to break up. Right. But I think I could emotionally get over it better or easier. Yeah, for sure. So, so if, But
1: my answers no longer break up. They've done nothing wrong. Right? You, you're a super hard scenario. You've got kids. You've lived this but life together. But you don't
0: feel like that you're in love anymore. You haven't got that spark.
1: Oh, well, 100%. I, I think you there are like a lot of people settling.
0: that... You
1: feel like you're settling. Now you're throwing dangerous words around. So I wasn't <laughs> going to back them into that corner. So um, if you feel like you're settling in that scenario... Here's my advice to somebody in that like... There was something real there. Like, you guys have built a life together. You've got kids. Like, there is a way to clear the... I think of it as dust settling, Mm -hmm. okay? Every little thing, going back to one of the earlier questions of, like, not addressing the little things, oh, because they're small. Like, they're small by themselves. In aggregate, they pile up to a whole bunch of dust. Now, your relationship is unrecognizable. looks filthy. It's nasty. Nobody wants to be around it. But you can clear all the dust out. But you're going to have to do the hard work now of going in and grinding, like, going back... In fact... Do you remember the movie Unbreakable? Vaguely. the The relationship between Robin Wright Penn and Bruce Willis and that, it's worth watching the movie just for that. And they go, like, because he realizes he's like a superhero and they, like, their relationship is revitalized. Mm -hmm. And they start having really honest conversations. And I can't remember who asked who what, but somebody says, when did you first worry that we might not make it? And I thought, that's how you do this. Mm. You go back to that very first moment where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble, and you didn't address it. Mm. So you'd have to go back in time, what was that slight, that hurt, that my mom passed away and you didn't X, Y, Z. right? Whatever that thing Mm. is, that person has carried with them like you've got to go back and like thing by thing address them. And many of the addressings are becoming a new version of yourself, like becoming capable of handling it, dealing with it, processing processing through it, owning like your inadequacies in that moment and like wanting to get better. But the and set, is set is apart. falling apart. In those moments, like if you're able to do that, like if you're able to actually go back and address those things and either say... The person you want me to be, I am not interested in becoming. Okay, well, now we know, right? And now we're going to have to figure out what we do with the finances. You're going to have to go in and figure that out, make huge lifestyle changes. I mean, just uh, not to compare. We didn't have kids. And oh, dear God, like that is terrifying in a way. I don't want to cheapen that. I think there are ways through it, but I don't want to cheapen it. But like when we started Quest, we had, because I essentially left my high-paying job at Awareness Tech... And went to a very low-paying job at um, Quest. I was about to call it Impact Theory. At Quest. And we had to cut our expenses to the quick. Mm-hmm. We got rid of one car. Uh, we And this is before Uber, kids. So this was like actually living with one car. And it was a beat-up piece of junk. We never went out for like a year and a half. We didn't go out. We didn't do shit. Like you have to make lifestyle changes. But you do whatever you need to do in order to move towards your goals. So if you're fundamentally unhappy with somebody who's never going to make you happy, they want you to become a person that you don't want to become. Let's say you got married too young. They weren't the right person. You just selected poorly. Like, you don't... Like, neither of you are actually interested in being with the other person, right? You make lifestyle changes. You be amicable. You rise above it. You part ways. Like...
0: There's actually something that you said there that I thought was a probably a good technique and strategy to try. And maybe we should even try this. Um, like if you could get with your partner and say, okay, we have to be 100% honest. And um, in that honesty, let's write down five things that we feel were um, either triggers or a starting point for something like, let's say, bad in our relationship or something like, now I feel insecure. And it was like a knock on. Um Maybe choose five things each where you feel like it was a thing that maybe had gone wrong in your relationship and then come up with something that you personally could have done to change it. So now you're not pointing blame, right? But you're addressing those little issues that maybe you're kind of scared to talk about that you've kind of... Um, yeah, I don't know why I just thought of that, but I thought that's actually kind of, are a, you
1: making that up on the spot or yeah, do you like, no, I'm making that up on the spot. But, I'm so curious to know what your five things yeah, are. I don't
0: know. I'd have to think about it, but that would be like, cause we, we're always trying to learn about each other. Mm. Um, and I kind of do this with myself, right? Go back and go, Oh, okay. That was a mistake. What would I do differently?
1: This is amazing because we're about to go away for our anniversary. Yeah. Like we, we should, should
0: do that. 100%. We should do that. Um, but it would be kind of fun t- because I think if it's you're sitting down, let's say you've got a problem in your relationship and you're like, all right, these are the five triggers that like mm. m- got me where I am and this is what you did wrong. Well, forget it. The, the conversation won't go anywhere because right. now you're just pointing blame. But if you can flip that and say, OK, this these are the five things that I think that we did wrong and this is what I could have done differently, even if it's I could have communicated with you better about that, like, this really upset me or, you know, I don't know, it could be kind of fun to learn e- about each other and then address what you did wrong how you can better it and then you know put those actions those techniques into action
1: you you got to have rules of engagement this is like mm. some pro level shit people mm. have rules of engagement before you do this one um because it will devolve for people without rules like i actually know that you really would One, be open and honest to what you could have done differently. And then two, would help me emotionally through like sort of seeing, whoa, like I didn't mean to do that. I didn't realize that that was a thing for you, like, and giving me the space to process and like become a better version of myself or whatever the answer to that thing is um, without like like getting attacky, which then devolves very rapidly
0: yeah and um, we're almost out of time Um, so I just want to say a please share this guys if it's bringing you value take a screenshot send it to connect at impacttheory.com and um, we'll select a lucky I guess it's this camera we'll select a um, lucky winner of one of the new shirts from our female collection just want to throw that in Um, and then the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about then just because we're short on time I think we touched upon this last week with what you had read from Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards mm-hmm. um, who I am like obsessed with right now like I'm reading her book I'm walking around with it's it on book. loudspeak it's amazing um, the thing that you had said was um, know the other person's language and we talk about this a lot in the way we communicate with the words we mm. use the word promise um, important like we have special words but only recently through her book have we really started to learn the um, what did you call it not the love language but
1: talking about ocean
0: but like for instance you know that time is the most important thing
1: for me oh that is lovely uh language of appreciation
0: Language, yeah. sure, language of appreciation. And only recently, even though we kind of knew it, like putting words to it has really mm. helped us. So for me, you realized language of appreciation was you turning up at the airport, right? Like, I know that your time is so valuable. I hardly ever put pressure on you to do anything because I know that you've got to get just like, you're ambitious, you've got to get work mm. done. Um, so when you turned up at the airport, when we had an impact theory shoot the next day, and normally you just go deep into just studying that person, and you turned up, I was like, what are you doing? Like my instinct was like, you're wasting your time. And you're like, baby, I really wanted to do this for you. That was so meaningful, even though I didn't realize I needed it or wanted it, right. you turning up because you started to think what my love, um, what is it? Again? Language, of,
1: Language appreciation. of appreciation, I think it's how yeah. she refers to it in the book. Okay.
0: It was so meaningful to me. And then in return, you said, mine's actually verbal praise. I can't remember how you phrased it.
1: Like what you're doing right now is my language. I'm like, oh shit, wow.
0: Oh, okay, well there you go, verbal praise. And so because you had said that, like anything, you kind of tell your partner stuff, but sometimes it doesn't really stick, like ingrain in you. Right. And you have to remind yourself, so the other day you did something and I was so impressed. I can't remember what it was now, but I was so impressed. I was like texting you um, like, oh, my God, I so loved how you handled. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, I loved how you handled this situation. Like it was so, oh, you'd written an email and I'd read it and you never oh, write emails right, and right. you'd explain yourself really well. And I was like, I just learned so much from reading that email. Thank you for including me in it. And as I'm saying, it was like purely genuine. And I was like, ah. Oh, actually this is the sort of thing that he does want me to say mm-hmm. so for the rest of the day i reminded myself keep telling him that and it wasn't that i was faking
1: right no 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 i totally and did. i think
0: that's really important though don't fake when you're impressed with something or giving someone um, credibility don't fake it but because i was naturally feeling it i just then had i just reminded myself keep telling him this and then by the end of the day like we almost kind of, i felt this like connection between us that mm-hmm. i don't think we would have had otherwise So basically kind of finding out your um, way of communicating that is meaningful for the other person is really important. Any other thoughts on that?
1: No, I mean, you knocked it out of the park. That is exactly right.
0: And that's all we have time for.
1: All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. These uh, have become incredibly useful in our marriage. And I hope that they're useful in your current relationship or maybe a future relationship if you're trying to build the skill set that you need to go out and get the relationship that you so desire. Um, So thank you very much for being a part of this. Absolutely incredible. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace out. Bye.